0: All right. Hello. And depending on when you're watching this uh, episode of Testimonial Tuesday, I would like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Uh, you are here with me, Jermaine Jackson. And by way of the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson, I want to welcome each and every one of you to another episode of Testimonial Tuesday. And before we get into our lesson for today, don't forget to go and follow the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, um, apple podcast google podcast wherever you do your podcast you can find it and then you can also go to my facebook page jermaine jackson you'll see testimonial tuesday the other content that i have for the podcast you can find it all on there but on this episode of testimonial tuesday amen i believe we have a wonderful word the title of this lesson is say less pray more and restore we're going to be in the book of Galatians at the sixth chapter and the first verse amen there's some things that i've been seeing you know, social media, things we see uh, about the church. And it's uh, it, it, in my heart, some some things that I believe God has laid on my heart and in my mind, things that I've been contemplating and studying, amen, is our reaction and things to what we're seeing in the world today of how is the church supposed to respond? How are the people of God, how are the believers supposed to be responding to what we're seeing in the world? So this is my take on it, amen, we're going to have a foundation of the word of God. So let's start it with a word of prayer. Amen. Hope that as you are listening to me, that uh, you are in good health of a sound mind. Hope that you're blessed that you and your family are doing well. So let's get into it. Father, I praise you. Hallelujah. God, I lift you up and I magnify you. Lord, you're worthy to be lifted up on high. There is nobody else like the God that I serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Hallelujah. The M that I am, the God that is holy, the God is that is everywhere at all the same time. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for being my peace, for being my healer, for being my uh, victorious battle. God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for fighting all of my battles. Hey, thank you, Lord Jesus, because nobody can fight them like you. So I give you praise. I give you honor, God, and I give you glory. On this day, and fathers, I come before you, Lord, with this lesson. I ask and pray for forgiveness, Lord. Forgive me for things that I've said and done, forgive me for the things that I even thought, Lord, that came contrary to your word. Forgive me, God, if I came out of alignment with your will and plan for my life. Hallelujah! But create in me a clean heart and renew within me the right spirit, Father. Wash me in the blood from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus for Calvary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you for all that you have done that I might have eternal life. Thank you, Spirit of the living God, the Holy Ghost that lives, moves inside of me. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, that leads and guides me each and every day. And I give you praise, honor, and glory. And fathers, I come before you on today. I want to declare in the atmosphere that the devil is a liar. I bind every attack, scheme, and plot of the enemy. And I command the devil and every spirit that is like him to come subject to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to the blood of the Lamb, to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And to the word of God. Thank you, Lord. You let God arise and his enemies be scattered and i give you the praise the honor and the glory in jesus precious name amen amen and amen amen once again i want to welcome you here to the new beginnings podcast with jay jackson amen i want to give an honor to god who's ahead of my life thank god for you finding me safe sanctified and filled with his precious holy ghost amen i want to give a definitely an honor to my pastors dr xavier menzies and pastor latonya menzies of the Christian Family Worship Center located at 6532 Arizona Avenue in Haven, Indiana. Hey, can I ask you a question? When you join me for church, Sunday morning is 10 a.m. You know, and I, I listen, I ain't trying to pull nobody out of their local church homes. You got a church home where you're getting the word, you're getting taught, you're getting fed, you're getting blessed. Amen. Please attend your local church. But if you are in search of a church, if you are in search of a place of worship, come on, try us out there. And, uh Christian finally worships in Hammond, Indiana. We'd love to have you be my special guest, and let me know if you're coming, so I can welcome you with open arms. Amen. Just want to put that out there. Let's get into this lesson for today: say less, pray more, and restore Galatians six and one. I want to read Galatians six and one in the King James, and it reads, "Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual." Restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself less, thou also be tempted. Now, I've, I've taught on this scripture before, but it had a, a more of a definitive meaning to me with some things that I've seen in social media. I'm seeing a lot of things about what pastors and different uh, religious leaders are doing, where they are falling away, making mistakes. Um, you're hearing about pastors cheating on their wives you're hearing about all this different stuff uh, different pastors using profanity over the pulpit all these different scandals are coming to the light and exposing the church and you see the comments on social media you see what people are saying people are using this as a reason to say this is why i don't go to church because i don't trust these pastors i don't trust the people the church people are some of the worst people in the world." that's the reason why I just have a relationship with God. I don't need the church and this and that. So, you know, we already seen social media, but I want to bring some light to all of this, that the church is the body of Christ. And yes, a lot of times when we look at those different leaders in the church, the pastors, the evangelists, the apostles, all these people, people say, well, they shouldn't act like that. They should hold themselves to a higher standard. And yes, Very true. I agree with you. We should be held to a higher standard. I myself am an elder in the church. And yes, we are held. We can go into the Bible that shows the requirements, qualifications um, as as brought out to the Bible, some of these different positions and offices. And so I agree with that. But everybody, I want you to know this: the Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, if you are being used in the church, if God is used, you shouldn't keep on sinning. There are some things you should be delivered from, things that you should have overcame, and we're going to get into that. But I want to know that when the world is coming so hard against the body of Christ, my question is, how would the believer respond to those in the world? Because those in the world that have not come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, have not professed Jesus Christ and their Lord and their Savior, they're going to use every excuse. See, the enemy is trying to set the body of Christ up. He wants the church to be under fire. He wants the church to be shown in such a bad light, to draw more souls away from God, to disprove God, to discount the faith in Jesus Christ, to make it seem like no matter how much we pray, we fast, we believe in God, we believe in Christ, that we're just like everybody else that is living in darkness. But I've come to let you know that that's not true. Yes. Do we as the saints of God have struggles? Absolutely. Absolutely. It says, for all have sinned. Amen. I don't know about you. Every time I'm praying, I'm asking God to forgive me. Lord, maybe I had a wrong thought. Maybe I said something wrong. Some things I know I could have done wrong, but Lord, forgive me. But I will not sit here and say that I'm a sinner. Amen. Do we all sin? Absolutely. But the difference between a saint and a sinner, a saint being a believer of Jesus Christ, is that a sinner is a person that they contemplate it. They live it. They purposely do it. Whereas when a saint sins, it's like it's not intentional. At times it it, it may be, but it's not what your heart desires is. And usually when a saint of God sins or they mess up and they know they've done something wrong, they have to repent. Come on, godly sorrow, work with repentance. You repent and ask God to forgive you because the Holy Spirit will convict you. See, the Holy Spirit is just not a teacher, just not a comforter. It's a guide, but it's the convictor. That when I'm wrong and the spirit shows me where I'm wrong, Lord, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. I will repent. But I want to know, how do we as the body of Christ respond when our brothers or our sisters have been overtaken in the fault? If we look at this in the Amplified, it says, brothers, if anyone is called in any sin, you, are, you who are spiritual, that is you who are responsive to the guidance of the spirit. See, I want the church to know and the believers to know, don't get upset when the world talks about us, when we've messed up, no matter who the person is, the leader is, and you can say, well, they know better. And you hear the world say, well, I ain't going to church. That that, that always interests me, the excuses people use why they don't want to go to church. You got a boss that's messy. You got some family members that's messy. You got some people around you who done messed up, did a whole lot of stuff wrong but you don't stop clocking in at that job for that check. And you know, your boss is a trip. You don't stop going to the family reunions. You don't stop calling on certain friends for help. And they done did some wrong too, but you still deal with them. And I, I just try to have a full perspective, a full worldview. When I see people having such an attack on the church, I'd be like, when I talk to people, oh, you won't go to church for this reason. But you're going to do everything else. We got the same people doing the same stuff. And people say, well, they shouldn't do that in the church. Well, you shouldn't have a boss that curse you out. He's held to a certain standard. When people are in positions of authority, there's a certain etiquette, a certain way that they should be acting, be speaking, and be conducting themselves. But we still have to deal with them because we got to get that check. We got to get that money. Got to give these benefits. And I'm saying that, oh, well, Jermaine, you get it too. I have left jobs. Because the people in authority were not right and not conducting themselves right, doing things that were ethically and morally wrong. I have left job and I have prayed, Lord, deliver me out of this place of employment. Because the things they are doing are going against not only ethical and moral principle, it will cause me to go against my faith in you, God. Come on. See, I'm a man that walks with integrity. If I'm going to call out wrong in the church, I'm going to call out wrong everywhere, according to the word. I'm going to call out sin according to the word of God, not so I can just talk about people and use it as an excuse not to get closer to God, not to go to church. So I want to give people say, well, that's everybody. No, let me be the exception to the rule. I was at a job working once where the authority figures were not right. And I said, Lord, before I sit here and compromise for a paycheck, I'll pray that you bring me out of this God, because I'm not going to contradict your word and my beliefs for money. Whew, come on. When you're walking in integrity, wrong is wrong. No matter what platform, no matter what position, wrong is wrong. You can't point out all the wrong in the church, but you don't want to point out wrong nowhere else in the world. My God, that's another subject for another day. But how should the believers respond to the world? It said, brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsible to the guidance of the spirit. When I see different things on social media, pastors, whoever, who's ever overtaken the sin. I pray for them. Lord, help them. Father, deliver them. And people talk about, well, why was they called in that? Let's keep reading. And to restore to the person in the spirit of gentleness, meekness, being humble, gentleness, gentleness. Not with this sense of superiority of self-righteousness. Believers, we should never be in agreement with the world when they're coming against the church. Girl, did you see that past on TV and the way he messed up? Girl, I know. Sure. Glad I don't go to that church. No. Ask people, did you pray for that man or that woman of God? Did you try to understand what they're going through? Maybe it's not exposed. But why am I going to compromise with an unbeliever and go against the body of Christ? It doesn't make sense. My response has to be different. Keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well here in Galatians is telling us we got to be careful. We can't be put down our nose, especially in the body of Christ. Our fellow brother, when you're talking about people that are overtaken in sin, they're still a part of the body. And you can't sit there and be so self-righteous. <laughs> Glad it ain't me. Don't you know that you could fall to the same temptation if you're not careful? That if you don't keep yourself, if you don't keep your body, if you don't stay out of cardinality, if you don't stay out the flesh, that you yourself can fall to the same thing that you think you're so high and mighty above. We have to make sure we don't get beside ourselves. And we have to respond that the world know, yeah, that pastor whatever did what they did. Let's pray for them. Pray for them. Ain't no praying for them. That's how the world responds. Ain't no praying for them. I knew they was dirty dog. I knew that. Well, But guess what? Sometimes we got to flip it on the world and say, but God don't look at you like that. What you mean? If you ask God to forgive you right now for what you've done, he'll forgive you. He's not going to hold your past against you. He's not going to hold your present against you. Jesus died for the sins of the world. And maybe you didn't get saved at a certain like, like that past or whatever did that fail or they call a sin. But God don't look at us like we look at people. One thing that's been on my heart lately, we got to give people more grace. Sometimes we're too quick to judge. We're too quick to just count people out and turn our back on them. But I thought about it. God, how do you look at us? God, I thank you. What if God would have turned his back on some of us? What if God, what I say, they, what if God would have looked at us and said, you know, they just ain't no good. They're not going to change. They ain't going to never be no better than this. I, what if God looked at us and said, I knew it. I knew they they just couldn't get right. But if we come to God with a sincere heart, praying and asking him to forgive us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't you know God desires for you to be clean? That God desires for you to be righteous? That God don't look at you and think about, what well, they done, done so much to why I can't forgive them. Jesus died for every sin. Every sin, his blood washed it away. But why can't we be more gentle toward people? And I'm talking about in the body of Christ. When the world responds to certain things, when the church is exposed, that's how they're supposed to respond. The devil uses the world to have an excuse. He wants this stuff to be put on a national platform to draw more souls away from God. But we as believers, we got to counteract that. Well, Jermaine, are you saying don't call out? You no, call it out. But don't get so beside yourself to where you look at them and think, mm, I'm glad it ain't me. Glad it ain't me that wasn't found doing this. Who's to say you can't be? T- and remember, the Bible says such were some of you. Maybe you were in that place not too long ago. Well, well what do you mean, Jermaine? Let's go to Ephesians 4. I, I, I want to talk about something here. Such were some of you. And it's not that verse, because a lot of times people are always talking about pastors and ministers, those that are out there doing stuff wrong. And, and the Bible says this, for Ephesians 4, and he gave his gifts to the church were varied. Amplify it. He himself appointed some apostles, special message representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. We call this the fivefold ministry, okay? But let's read further. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ the church, until we all reach oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. The the fivefold ministry was put together to basically instruct us as we're being developed as believers, do we become mature? Well, Jermaine, why are you putting this in this testimony Tuesday? When we look at some of our brothers that are overtaken in sin, the Bible says restore such a one, which means not only pray for them, but help them be restored back. To restore means to bring back, to bring back to its original state, to its former state. But what if we have pastors, preachers, missionaries, musicians that haven't been matured yet spiritually? Do you know some of these people that are overtaken in sin and a fault? They're just underdeveloped. That's going to miss some people. What if I was put in a position before I was ready to handle it? What if I was, who affirmed you? Who ordained you? What if the wrong person put me in this position? I wasn't really ready for it, but maybe I had the appearance. Maybe I had a good look about myself and I looked like I could handle this responsibility. Not saying you're not anointed, not saying you ain't called by God, but maybe I still got some issues in my flesh. My God. Maybe I still got some emotional thing. Maybe I I was abused in my past. Maybe there's some things going on with me mentally that I'm not really ready for this. But you know how many people in the church have been pushed into position before they were ready? Before they've been delivered from their habits, their addictions, their short company, their shortcomings, their their bitterness, their unforgiveness. But if you put me up in this position, this, this office, this title, because I I, I know I I got the look, I have the sound to do it, therefore, but I got some problems on the back end. There's a darker side to this, that when I get in front of the people, I'm this great man and woman of God, but on the back end, privately, I got some problems, because before I took the position, yes, God called me. I did a message on Testimonial Tuesday, about bad dynamics, it was a lot of people in the old testament who were called and anointed by God, but they had some bad dynamics family dynamics, parental dynamics. They were liars, cheaters, but they repented. They asked God to forgive them. So, what does that show us? It's not that we're not called to do what God has called us to do, it's not that He didn't anoint us. But guess what? The flesh and the spirit war against each other. You can be as spiritual as you want to be, saved as you want to be, but your flesh wants what it wants. But we have to crucify the flesh. We have to mortify the deeds of our body, mortify therefore your members. If we let our flesh do what it want to do, it's going to do it. And sometimes we have people in position in the body of Christ. And when we see our brothers and our sisters overtaken and see him, instead of us talking about them, what's the story behind it? That's how I try to transition and think in my mind. Why did they fall? I ain't saying I got to be in their business. We all are tempted. What, what did Galatians say here? Let, let, let's go back to it Galatians um, 6 and 1. It says, If anyone is caught in sin, you are spiritual. That is, you who are responsible to the guidance of the Spirit are to restore such a person in spirit. Let's go down. Keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. We have to be careful when we know one of our brother of the body of Christ. Well, I don't go to that church. I don't know nothing about that. We are the body of Christ. Don't matter if you go to that church. If I see one of my brothers and sisters fall, God, I'm praying for him, Lord to help them, strengthen them, God, restore them again. Give them a clean heart. Oh God. Well, Jermaine, you don't know nothing about that person. I don't have to know. The world is trying to make a mockery of them, but I'm going to pray for them that they be restored, that they be renewed, and they get delivered from whatever it is that's trying to bind them. That's what I'm praying for. Now, Jermaine, in my past, yes. Have I been one of those people that was doggone shame what they're doing? I've been there. But I know God has been dealing with me. And I thank God for the grace and mercy that he has extended to me and shown me in my life. And I'm saying, Lord, who am I to look down on somebody else because they made a mistake, because they're at fault? God, I'm not the judge. I'm not nobody's jury. I'm not nobody's executioner. I don't have a heaven or hell to put anyone in. And if I put my mouth on somebody else that's going through a struggle that has been found in a fault, that has been found in sin, who's to say that same thing can't tempt me? And I can't walk around saying, well, if that was me, I wouldn't have did that. I can't say that. I don't know. But why would I welcome a temptation to my area? Lord, I'm going to pray for them. And bind the hand of the enemy that is trying to overtake them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray and seek the face of God. Lord, help that person. Restore them, oh God. We got to be extending a little more grace to people. And let's be reminded as we bring this to a close. We have many in the body of Christ that are underdeveloped, underdeveloped. They haven't reached that level of maturity as a believer. They just haven't, they haven't reached it yet. And that's why I asked the question, who put you in this position? In the fivefold ministry, they're there to instruct and to teach us. Yes, somebody can identify the gift that is in you, but there's a time and a place for everything. It's a time and a place for everything. Maybe you are called to be the next evangelist. Maybe you are called to be the next minister, but maybe this is in a season in your life where maybe you need to just come to church and the main thing you need to be faithful over is leading prayer. Maybe you got to teach the Bible study, but I know God called me, but there's a time and a season. There's a place for everything. Maybe this is not your season to be elevated, but sometimes in the body of Christ, people get elevated before time, before they've been delivered. Because with every new level comes a new devil. And if I ain't beat the stuff on one level, how can I? People will push you. People will push you to areas where you ain't ready yet. You better make your calling and your election sure that if I'm going to be in this position, that God, I got to be sure. Because we live in a day where many are going to fall away from the faith. Many are going to be deceived. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of the ones. I ain't never been a person, you can't hype me, you can't gaslight me, you ain't a person that could pump my head up. Every position that I've gotten from God, I know, Lord, you called me to this. I know the attacks and the stuff I go through because of it, because I said, Lord, if you call me to it, Lord, if it, there was a point in my life, I said, Lord, all I want to do is be saved. I just want to be saved. I want to serve you. I want to serve my local church. I want to serve the body of Christ. I ain't looking for no recognition. God, I just want you to be pleased with my service. But God's grace is on my life. The anointing of God is on my life. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious of all, I just realize what God has done for me. And with my life, I serve Him to the best capacity, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every day I live my life to please God. And Lord, if you find me in fault in any area of my life, Father, if you expose it to me, Father, I am sorry. Forgive me. And when you're really coming in response to the Spirit, because the Bible says if anyone is caught in any sin, you are spiritual. That is you who are response to the guidance of the Spirit. When we say or do something wrong, the Holy Ghost is going to convict us. It's going to let us know when we're off. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Can we be real for a moment? When you are really response to the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will let you know when you're wrong. When you're doing something you shouldn't do, you get little subtle warning. I don't know how it goes to everybody, but the Holy Ghost will let you know. So by the time you hit that fault or that sin, I will sit here and say, uh, if you are responsible, to, unless you're just denying the voice of God, if you're denying what the Spirit is saying, you get a little warning sign. Hey, I'm getting a little off now. A little leaven of leaven of the whole lump. So before it all comes out, what led up to that? There had to be something that led up to it. We got to respond to the spirit in this day and hour. Jesus prayed to the father to send us another. He didn't leave us comfortless. But are we going to respond to the spirit? Speaking to the believers out there. Let's not compromise and join up with the world. Yes, when people are caught in sin and fault, it doesn't look good. It don't look good when nobody is caught doing wrong. Whether you in church, whether you in the White House, whether you next my next door neighbor, whether you want a job, wrong is wrong. Cut plain and dry. Wrong is wrong. And people know when they wrong. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago. They were telling about a situation they in. And they said, Don't judge me. I I, I know what I'm doing ain't right. People play crazy like they don't know what they're doing is wrong. But you got some people that's just rebellious. They know they're in sin. They know they're doing wrong, but I'm going to do me. And, yes, we all have free will to do what we want to do. But most people know what they're doing when they wrong, and they know they're wrong. Don't let people play you crazy. And a lot of times people look at me, oh, oh, well, Jermaine, you know, hey, I ain't got a heaven or hell to put you in. But if you want to talk about it, and I'm praying that you be restored and you come out of what you in. Because at the end of the day, this life is about whether you're going to heaven or hell. And there are requirements to the two. Come on. Can I, can I talk about this a split second? When we close our eyes, the next phase is judgment. And you don't get into heaven just based off a of good life. The Bible says in John 3.16, it's the verse, we're over now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, how do you make it into heaven without believing in Jesus Christ? Confessing him as your Lord and say, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can't make it to heaven if you eliminate Jesus Christ. And I know some people don't want to hear that, but I believe the Bible is right and somebody's wrong. Now I can go into more verses about Christ, but that ain't but how? At the end of the day, it's about where am I spending eternity? And there's requirements for that, to make it into heaven. But if you deny Christ, if you deny God, if you don't want to live according to this word, the Bible says that the righteous are going to scarcely make it in. The Bible says our righteousness is filthy. So on my best day, I'm just a filthy rag. That's why we can't walk around being so self-righteous, thinking we better than somebody else. Could the Bible say we're going to scarcely make it in? My God. So I'm going to do all I can to live right. And if I make it in the glory, it's, it's going to be by the skin of my teeth. Because without God, without the Holy Ghost, I can't even live righteous. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. How do I obtain everlasting life in heaven without Jesus? How? Come on. We really got to stop talking and running our mouths so much, gossiping and backbiting. The title of this testimony is Say Less, Pray More, and Restore. Can we just start praying for people more? Helping people get restored back to the state that God wants them at? The Bible says that God is married to the backslider. Anybody ever been a backslider? I raise my hand. I raise both hands. I know what it is to be a backslider. I know what it is to know that when I'm in fellowship with God and then to be at a place with Lord, I don't even know if you hear my prayers. God, I'm crying to you to forgive me. And I don't even know if I'm forgiven because what I did is eat me up on the inside. Anybody ever been there before? When you've been in a backslidden state and you're trying to repair your relationship with God? But you're so ashamed of what you did. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me again. Father, when I wasn't even fit for you to accept me back. Yay, Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayers and my cries. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. That when I came to repent before you, God, that you heard my cry. Is there anybody else out there that's grateful When you were in a place where you were so down That you said I know I have to be restored back to the place But you were ashamed to even come before God Because of what you did What you said What you allowed to happen What you caused to happen That I'm not even worthy to come in his presence That I don't even know if I'm worthy to pray Oh my God But thank God for reconciliation Yeah, yeah, da right Thank God for restoring us. God, I give you praise. Because even though I've been in a place where I know, God, I'm not even worthy to be before you, but because of Jesus Christ, hey, hey, God, I give you praise. I can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain favor, hey, to obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. That God, when I needed you most, when I needed to be restored, when I needed to be forgiven, oh God, I was still able to come boldly to the throne. Oh, God, I thank you. So how can we talk about others? Let's restore one another. Because I don't know about you. I've been at that place where, Lord, I need to be, I need some restoration. I need you to bring me back to the state to my. I need our relationship. Because many of us wonder, God ain't left. God ain't never changed. But have you ever left God? Have you ever turned your back on him? I'll put my hands up again. Have you ever questioned, Lord, I don't even know why I'm living all that I'm living? For what? And life is still life. Like ain't nothing changed. What's the point of me going to church, living safe, serving you, preaching the gospel, doing this? It ain't nothing changed. You ever been there before? Okay, if I'm by myself, I'll put both hands up. But God always finds a way to speak to me and let me know that he's God. To let me know that even in the most difficult times, sir, I was there with you the whole time that i have and god has even let me know that some of the things that you're looking for that you're asking for that you want is going to be released at a certain time but if i didn't release it there's a reason <sighs> don't you know sometimes god ain't releasing things on us because it's for a certain time a certain season because the bible says for the blessings of the lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it because if there's sorrow with it then god didn't give it to me or if god gave it to me one of my prayers is, Lord, let me not misuse and mishandle what you've put in my hand. Have God ever put something in your hand and you have misused it and abused it? How many people did God put in the hands of other people that have misused them and abused them? <sighs> Jesus. Some of these people we see falling, found in faults. Some of them have been mishandled and abused. And they will put their trust in people that showed them the wrong way to deal with this, the, the wrong way to lead, the, the wrong way to evangelize, the wrong way to pastor. They they would give it a tainted view. God called them and anointed them, but somebody mishandled them. And they don't know another way. But instead of us praying for them and closing on them and not talking about them, helping them to be restored. We're too busy gossiping. We're too busy being accusers. (sighs) He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Come on. Some of us are throwing stones at people like we ain't got no sin. But when we came up before Christ, he looked and said, where your accused was at? But Lord, they said that. But Jesus said, don't worry about that. I'm dying for your sin. I already did it. My blood was, sh- I paid the price. Don't worry about the ones throwing stones, but didn't God forgive you? So how dare we not forgive others? How dare we not show grace? How dare we not be more merciful toward others? My God. So come to a close. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is you who are responsible to the guidance of the spirit. Are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority of self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. If you are under the sound of my voice, say less, pray more, and restore. Let's begin to restore our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Let's begin to restore people in the world. Do you know there's some people in the world that feel like I can't set foot in the church because I've done so wrong? God's not going to accept me? Let's begin to extend the love of God to those that are lost in darkness, to those that are lost in sin. Let them know that Christ died for everything. But I did did this. Christ died for it. You telling me that God still loves me? He loves you in the midst of it. He died for it. He sent his son. The Bible says, and it pleased him to bruise him. Hey, Jesus, my God, it pleased him because God knew that this suffering, this pain that my son is going through. Not only is it going to reach forward, it reached back. I heard someone preach a message that said it didn't reach back to the sins of the past. It pleased God. Most of us wouldn't want to see our children go through what Christ went through, but it pleased him because he knew this is the only way. The redemptive work of Christ, this is the only way to bring mankind back to me. What parent would be pleased to see their child suffer? And many of us will not put our child up, our children up for the sins of the world. But it pleased the Lord that He was bruised, cause He knew with every strike, with every drop of blood, that this is the way to bring man sinful—the sin of the first Adam. Hmm. There was a second Adam that came. Yeah, I don't know. What I'm I say thank you, Lord Jesus came down through 42 generations my god i give you praise jesus died for the sins of the world so let's not only extend this to the body of christ but extend it to everyone in the world let them know there's a savior that died for your sins and he wants you to come back he wants you to know that he loves you he died for you how many people can you look at right now and say you died for me hmm Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. It wasn't based off status or class. It wasn't based off family. It wasn't based off what church you go to. He died for the sins of the entire world. He didn't care about your color, your race, your culture. He died for the sins of the world. So look at all that Jesus did for us. When we really think about it, we will stop turning our nose up at people. We will stop gossiping about those that are in a fault or a fall, or whatever the situation is, but let's say less, pray more, and help others to be restored. Father, I thank you for your word on today. God, this word is so dear and dear to my heart. Hallelujah. God, I am so grateful of the grace that you have shown me in my life in these forty-one years, Lord. When I wasn't fit to receive your mercy, God, I wasn't fit to receive your grace. I wasn't fit to receive your love. Lord, I don't even think there were times in my life I was fit, God, when I prayed and asked you to forgive me and I repented. And Lord, I didn't know if you were going to forgive me, oh God, because of things that I've done, the things that I've been in error, Lord. Hallelujah. And I don't know about anybody else, God, that may be listening to me, Lord, but Father, I am so glad that you have forgiven me That you have washed me in the blood I am thankful for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he means to me Oh God And Father I pray for the body of Christ Lord that we will not put our mouths on those Father that are having struggles God whatever it is God We don't know people's story We don't know how they were mishandled We don't know if they're underdeveloped God We don't know what the struggle is We don't know the backstory, oh God But Father help us to pray oh Lord and if we can be one of the ones to restore one of our brothers or our sisters, oh God, that they may come back into the place that they should be with you, God, to their original state, to their relationship with you, oh God. Let us do it in the spirit of gentleness, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I bind that spirit of pride. I bind that spirit of superiority. I bind that high-minded spirit that makes us think that we're better than others, oh God. Hallelujah. But Father, we are nothing without you. It was your grace and your mercy that was extended to us, and we would not be here if it was not for you. So, Father, those type of feelings, those those spirits don't even have place in the life of a believer, God. Hallelujah. And let us be mindful, Lord, that if we put our mouths on others, Lord, we can fall to the same thing. We can be tempted with the same thing, oh, God. And if you don't help us, Lord, if you don't deliver us, God, we could surely fall. And we've only been able to maintain ourselves to this point because it's been by the grace of God. So, Father, I thank you. But I pray, God, for the body of Christ, for every leader, for everyone that's in authority, oh God. Help them, Lord. Strengthen them and keep them, God. Let us maintain and possess our own vessel, oh God. Hallelujah. Father, we don't even have time to point our fingers and look at nobody else. Father, let us die to our flesh every day. Hallelujah. We need to die daily and possess this vessel, God, on a daily basis so that we don't fall. And I give you praise. And, Father, I thank you, magnify you, glorify you, and lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you on this day. Hallelujah. I pray that you are blessed by the word. Hallelujah. And truly, if you don't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, you can make the best decision you've ever made. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 9. If you um, if confess the Lord Jesus And believe in our heart That God has raised him from the dead Thou shalt be saved, hallelujah You can confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior Believe in your heart That God has raised him from the dead And you shall be saved Make a quality decision today And make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life Thank you all for being a part of the New Beginnings Podcast Testimonial Tuesday, amen Don't forget to go to that YouTube That's Spotify that Apple Podcast. I need y'all to like, follow, subscribe, share it with somebody else. You get a lot of great content, Testimonial Tuesday, Covenant Conversations, and the Celebration of Excellence. Amen. Hallelujah. And make sure if you want to connect with me, you can uh, email me at jakejackson7982 at gmail.com. Message me, uh, text me, call me. Uh, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Amen. But in this season in our lives, hallelujah, this is something that was so heavy on my heart. Let's say less, pray more, and restore. And now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, I say, be the glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. God bless you. I love you all with the love of Christ. And I'll see y'all next week on Testimonial Tuesday. Y'all have a blessed one.